0: a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much.
2: You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down.
0: And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit
3: caron.org slash lost.
2: Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? If I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel.
1: Boom, yeah. we can't get
2: fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kisselier hanging out with Fernando. Hi, Ben. Hey, Fernando and Travis Irvine, who is still in Ohio.
1: Hola from Ohio, Ben.
2: When are you coming back, Travis? Next week. We talked about it. I'm going (laughs) to meet
1: (laughs) you in Vegas. We're going to have a great time with the boys.
2: Well, that'll be very exciting. Travis Irvine has some big Ohio legislator news a little bit later on in the episode. Everyone that should fall is falling, and we're going to play a sound clip of one of these people. What's this dude's name, Trav? Bill Seitz, Representative Bill Seitz from Cincinnati. Bill Seitz is a total psychopath, and we're going to play a sound clip that lets you know just how crazy this dude is. He is like three scotches away from killing his whole family, so (laughs) we're going to play that clip. Uh, Also, on national news level, we must mention this fella. His name is Wesselberg, Uh, Alan Wesselberg. He was the CFO of the Trump Organization. He has been arrested, and he has been charged with a 15-count indictment, and that is as much as we are going to talk about that, because does it affect affect your lives. Not exactly, but it is nice to get a little schadenfreude out and see these scumbags uh, end up in cuffs.
3: I'm okay with him going to jail for the bad things he was doing with financials.
2: I'm fine with it. I do think that media covers it ad nauseum, and there's a lot of other stories to cover. And that's why people come to our show, because there's a lot of news that doesn't involve the bloviating fat bastard that is Donnie, who uh, may now, again, Uh, Continue to be on your TVs as his uh, whirlwind tour gets underway. By the way, if you're not following Jason Selvig and the good liars, please do, because they go on the ground and they interview all of the Trump (laughs) supporters that are there. And you know, it's 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 just sad because we're seeing the waning death growls of this bizarre, bizarre political cult. And people are so confused. People really think that he's going to be reinstated. <sighs> At one point, uh, Jason was talking to a woman that was wearing a Trump Kennedy 2021 yes. <laughs> shirt. But the oh, problem with that is Kennedy, of not course. John F. Kennedy, Jr. Yeah. Kennedy, <laughs> well, F. Jr. Kennedy Jr. Because yes. we believe he is still alive, still sir. Because they believe That's he's right. still alive. And when That's Jason's right. interviewing her, like, I truly believe that she believes he's still alive and they're going to somehow take over the presidency in 2021. Anyway, mental illness run amok. So if you we want some insight into what's going on at those rallies. Follow the Good Liars. They've been on the show here before and they're fantastic guys. Devram and Jason, Do uh, they do the Lord's work.
3: I see statistics sometimes that say that 40% of Americans still believe that humans existed at the same time as dinosaurs. Oh. And I'm like, how is that possible? Who, who would believe that? And then I watch Good Liars on Instagram and I'm like, it's those guys.
2: Uh, well, who's oh, yeah. to say that we didn't exist with the dinosaurs? Uh, well, I've, I've been down. Oh. <laughs> okay. I
1: gotta say, I've gone and seen the Creation Museum, which is in Cincinnati, Ohio, and that is really something, because they got your Bible characters hanging out dinosaurs. Woo! They wrap it all up in a neat bow, and you know what? I almost believed it.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it was horrible when Moses got uh, busted having sex with that pterodactyl. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, well, let's talk about some issues that actually affect our lives on a daily basis. And today we're going to start with some good stories before we get to this uh, congressman screaming in Ohio, Maine. Maine has become the first state to restrict facial recognition technology statewide. Mm -hmm. I personally am in complete favor of this. We've talked about facial recognition before on this show. It's innately biased. The algorithm is flawed, deeply flawed and of course that can lead to wrongful incarcerations, not to mention the chilling effect on our First Amendment rights, on who we are as people. The more you monitor people, the more you control uh, their actions, whether it be passively or aggressively. So I am in massive favor of Maine restricting facial recognition technology, This is the beginning of a larger conversation we're gonna be having here in the country. Obviously, living in places like New York City, one of the most monitored places on the face of Mm -hmm. the planet. Times Square is, there there is not one inch of Times Square, there's not one piece of dookie that is not on (laughs) camera right now. So I think that Maine has uh, has done a good thing here. So this bill has been touted as the country's strictest statewide regulation. Uh, the ACLU of Maine it said it's the strongest statewide facial recognition regulation in the country. Uh, Representative Grayson Luckner called it, quote, a huge victory for privacy rights and civil liberties in Maine. So let's show some love to Representative Grayson Lookner uh, for being on the right side of history here and for really taking a a bold step by outlawing facial recognition. Because, of course, there's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot of uh, government Funds that go into funding these companies that are creating the facial recognition. So the fact that Maine just said, nope, we're not allowing it is really uh, awesome. And it shows you the Northeast. They still have that live free or die attitude. And there's something about it that uh, that I like. What do you think, Trev? Yes. Uh,
1: shout out to Maine. Uh, just such an interesting, independent political state in our union because they also have uh, led the way in ranked choice voting. Um, You know, it's it's got a very independent bent to it. You got Senator Angus King, who caucuses with the Democrats. But like Bernie Sanders, he's technically an independent. He was part of the bipartisan group of senators that pushed through the infrastructure bill recently. And, of course, then they got Susan Collins, which no matter what you think of her, she's, you know, kind of the wild card Republican. But I agree with you. You know, this taps right into what New Hampshire tries to do, you know, live free or die. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of people still die there. Yeah, Um, they do. but Maine is really leading the way on this. So, um, yeah, I love it. Shout out to Maine.
3: I love that the bill also clarifies that facial recognition matching can't be used for probable cause. And then also, individuals can sue if they believe a government agency or official has violated the law
2: well look at that and i'm sure that lawsuit will go far <laughs> according to grayson Luckner, again he is the democrat uh, here in maine or there in maine he says i hope that maine can provide an example to other states that want to rein in the government's ability to use facial recognition and other invasive biometric technologies i'm going to put maine in the same category as Colorado. When Colorado legalized weed, other states followed. And I think it's possible that other states will follow in Maine's footprint as we see crime not rise, as we see nothing change whatsoever in a negative way. There's been no insight or no indication that facial recognition has made anybody safer. I understand New York City is a little bit different. That's an international hub. If you're a terrorist, you think, Terrorists and actors have very similar dreams of getting to Broadway. It's a lightning rod. (laughs) Uh, They have very similar dreams of getting to Broadway. And that is why I understand New York City, it's gotta be a little bit more monitored, whatever. Maine, however, a rural state uh, that I think is leading the way when it comes to civil liberties. Here, So under the law, police may request a facial recognition search from the FBI and Bureau of Motor Vehicles databases if they have probable cause to believe an unidentified person in an image has committed a serious crime. The bill also clarifies that a facial recognition match doesn't constitute probable cause to make an arrest. Individuals also may sue again, as Fernando said, if they feel as if the government agencies or officials have violated this So so good on you, Maine. Jennifer Lee, she is from the ACLU of Washington, uh, says that this is a good step in the right direction, but does believe it lacks teeth and doesn't prevent public surveillance. So there are some people who say this doesn't go far enough. I agree. The ACLU is a leading opponent, of course, of facial recognition technology. It's cited multiple studies, as we've talked about before, uh, that uh, that prove that facial recognition does not. Always get it right, despite the fact that we want to rely on technology for every single aspect of our lives. But nonetheless, Maine, good on you. You are uh, I think on the on the right side when it comes to civil liberties and um and personal freedom and just not being monitored everywhere you go. We already have a social credit system. We already have, I mean, it's called it's literally called our credit score. Right. But we just don't want to go down the road of China and Russia, where they literally know aspects of your life that uh, that are very personal and they infer your political beliefs, which obviously uh, can uh, lead to retribution from those people in power, as we're seeing what happens when it comes to the uh, migrant facial recognition that they use when it comes to the people who don't have any rights under the U.S. Constitution, when it comes to the people who are not actual citizens of this country, they have some pretty intense facial recognition technology that is being used on them right now.
3: And that's exactly what I think the ACLU lawyer was referencing. And that's what I said. I agree, you know, because we're pushing back as citizens, but we definitely should push back for the people that uh, aren't as easily protected.
2: Absolutely. Also in good news, coming from Baltimore, I love Baltimore. If you haven't visited, go visit. One of the first places we ever performed was Otto Bar. And it was fun, but it wasn't Otto from The Simpsons. It was a human (laughs) being that owned it. And we started up in the attic,
1: isn't that nice?
2: And then the next time we performed, we did the basement.
1: That's where Otto would usually live is up in the attic. Yeah. Right? Like he'd, he'd be squatting in the Simpsons house, like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll just I'll get my things and leave. <laughs> oh, that's
2: a great impression of Otto. You're so good. <laughs> I miss Otto. I loved Otto. All right. Well, the Fourth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals ruled this week that Baltimore's controversial aerial surveillance program is unconstitutional the aclu of maryland uh, they were representing a group of baltimore city activists argued for the court to block the city police department from using quote the air or air pilot program the aerial investigative research flew a plane over baltimore for six months i am completely on board with the ACLU and with the citizens, Mm -hmm. and I'm very happy the Fourth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals said that this was completely and utterly unconstitutional. Everything that's done overseas comes home to roost, And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what we're seeing with these drone programs. As we see the weapons going to local police precincts with the 1033 program, the U.S. military gets new drones every freaking year. What are we going to do with the old ones? Naturally, they're going to be selling them to uh, local municipalities all over this country. So as a people, we have to let the government know we're not going to sit here and be monitored via drone 24-7 because you know for a fact there's a political agenda behind mm-hmm. the people who are mm-hmm. operating that drone and we just can't live in a world Sadly that many people live in because they are in Pakistan or they're in the Middle East where US drones hover overhead I mean I tell the story all the time But one of the saddest interviews I ever saw was the Pakistani boy who said his favorite days were the cloudy mm-hmm. days um, Because he couldn't see the drones up in the sky so they take away. I mean just the, the sense of security, the sense of autonomy. You look up in the sky and you see drones and there's just something about it that's so anti-American. So I am happy to hear that this six month aerial investigative research program put on by the Baltimore police has been halted. This is according to David Roca, a senior staff attorney with the ACLU of Maryland. He says, the residents of Baltimore were being treated as enemy combatants by their own police department. He goes on to say, this was the equivalent of everyone in Baltimore being forced to wear a tracking device Mm -hmm. every time they left the house. The decision was very close. It was an eight to seven decision from the 15 judge court. And uh, again, they ruled that it violated the citizens fourth amendment rights. So we have precedent now when it comes to facial recognition, when it comes to the use of drones, and hopefully uh, this can move that conversation in the right direction as we go further, because I'm assuming Travis that we're going to see a lot of these cases go to the Supreme court.
1: Oh Lord. I, um, I, Completely agree. And also good on the ACLU for standing up for the right thing. in in multiple States, you know, at this point, of course we had uh, Ellie, the great lawyer on, on the last show, I just yeah. can't stop nerding out about how much I love the ACLU and how important they are because you're absolutely right. And you're talking about drone surveillance or or facial recognition. These are our wartime tactics, right? That usually Mm -hmm. get used by, uh, uh, dare I say, fascist governments or want to be fascist governments. They do it in the name of security every time. And of course, as Benjamin uh, Franklin once said, you do that and you start to sacrifice your liberty. So that's what the ACLU is doing. They're standing up against a, potential police
2: state absolutely and then benjamin franklin immediately asked for more yams <laughs> can i have more yams and more I'll hookers please oh my goodness he benjamin hookers
1: he didn't really hook- <laughs> Yeah. Oh, in the morgues, he like they, it was in that uh, fire fire club, fire boys club. I don't remember what's called. <laughs>
2: I have no idea. Sex workers, please, please. Oh, I'm so
1: sorry. Yes. Well. Jeez,
2: sorry. my goodness gracious. Sorry. Well, as Henry or as uh, as <laughs> Travis just said, he said something inappropriate, so I immediately <laughs> called him Henry.
1: <laughs> no, course, well, no.
2: As Travis just said, uh, the state of course would love to have this power. The state wants this power. Mm-hmm. They yes. are gonna hold on to this. We're gonna have to pry it from their cold dead hands hopefully they all end up like rumsfeld sooner than later uh, but according to former baltimore city solicitor andre davis he argued in march that quote just because it's controversial doesn't make it unconstitutional <laughs> when you're spying on citizens with a drone like controversial is like did he just make that joke did he go there whoa i can't whoa. believe he said he didn't love stuff crust pizza wow that's controversial <laughs> well the noise back and they're automating their delivery with dominoes that's controversial <laughs> Uh, this is not it's not about it being controversial. It is about it being unconstitutional. Right. And I hate the fact that this Andre Davis character what, does he want to be an edgelord? Did he get elected on Reddit? <laughs> what what do you want like is it so cool? Oh, he's so cool, he goes there. He's so controversial. He's like
3: Eminem. To me, the thing about this, it's, it's very telling because it's like, for example, the reality winner situation.
2: Yes. It, you know, Another like, name we don't mention uh, often or uh, enough. Yeah. Of course, she's still incarcerated. You
3: know, what this reminds me of, to me, this is very telling of of what his inner monologue must be, like the situation with Reality Winner. The government might just be doing this already. And the only reason we know is because we decided to make it a law that made it unconstitutional. So- Of course they're
2: doing it. Well, they're gonna do it until we
3: tell
1: them they're not allowed to do it. And again, this
2: this uh, court decision was eight to seven. So we're talking about a sliver margin here. Yeah, that's a very slim margin. Are those drones or are those pterodactyls, Ben? Well, that is a great point. We'll have to see if Moses is having sex with one of them. Uh, current city solicitor Jim Shea told WJZ uh, the city is exploring its options. Of course, the city desperately wants these drones. They want to keep the power. Uh, they want to surveil their citizens. They really kind of want to treat their citizens um Almost it's a version of what's happening to the Palestinians and not quite as bad, of course, but the heavy drone state, Mm -hmm. a heavy monitor state, again, sends a chilling effect on free speech. It uh, diminishes our constitution, diminishes our autonomy, and I think diminishes people's self-worth and uh, livelihood. So this is what he had to say when it comes to the city. They say, uh, we're disappointed in the ruling, but since the program has been discontinued, we are not clear what additional litigation is necessary. So it's just begun. That's why the ACLU is so needed. That's why we have to constantly be fighting. And that's why the most important thing to do is vote in local elections, because that is really who decides how your life is going to go. In a statement through the ACLU, leaders of a beautiful struggle director, I guess that's the name of it, is leaders of a beautiful struggle, uh, director of public policy, Davon Love, said in part, We have always been clear that the aerial surveillance program is not a legitimate or effective means of making our communities safer. So people in the community say this doesn't make us safer. Uh, This sends a chilling effect. This makes us horrified. And when we talk about community policing, one of the main aspects of it is the police have to listen to the community and respond accordingly. That's how you build trust. And that's how we uh, begin To get out of this quagmire of citizens versus the police.
1: Absolutely. And what was the name that they gave the program? They gave it a cute little like research project name.
2: Well, it's the Aerial Investigative Research, the A-I-R, or obviously it stands for Air. So yeah. Air.
1: Oh, how fun that they put a little spin on that. I mean, it it it's absolutely unconstitutional, absolutely goes too far. I would even Uh, say, you know, not just the drones, but at the height of the protests here in Columbus, Ohio, and and my friend, I was talking to him last night in Brooklyn, it was the same deal. Essentially, you know, the police departments can park their helicopters so far up and kind of operate like a drone. And they just kept the helicopters over the protest areas constantly last summer. So, you know, I'm hoping that this the step towards regulating drone surveillance Um, also can start to branch into helicopters because helicopters have a practical use. And then they also just have a very scary, just parked up above the entire city surveillance use. And that's very weird.
2: And as we know from the movie Running Man, sometimes they ask you to shoot. No, those those are are innocent citizens. (laughs) You're so talented. No. No, that's so good. You're so good. Can you tell me it's not a tumor?
1: It's not a humor. Oh, I no, must stop. Sorry. that's not.
2: <laughs> that's not it. Anyway, great job, buddy. What's the difference or what um, in the minds of, of of the government, in the minds of these police forces, you can just see the extension. Oh, we're mm-hmm. already filming them. Mm-hmm. Great. Right. But if we can see a crime happening in front of our eyes, we should arm these things so we can stop it right there and then. Nothing says it's unconstitutional. Nothing says it's unconstitutional. So that's a slippery slope, man, because as soon as he puts some weapons on these, which are it's quite easy to do, um, again, we'll be living uh, like these states that we occupy. Truly. In the Middle East.
1: Right. And keep in mind how many cities and states uh, have they made it illegal for citizens to tape and surveil their police.
2: Absolutely.
1: We talk about the guy who got in trouble for taping the murder of Eric Garner. Mm -hmm. He got in more trouble than the cop who did the murdering did. So um, it's fascinating how how they twisted up local elections. You're absolutely right. County prosecutors. That's another huge one.
2: And now cops are such petty. Not all cops, of course, but some cops are so petty. You know, they'll play music. Mm. Uh, So that it can't go on YouTube, right? They'll be like you can record us, but we're playing the new Billie Eilish song and YouTube's (laughs) gonna take it down By the way, I listened to Billie Eilish uh, recently. She had a beautiful voice. Oh, Billie Eilish is extremely talented She Uh. really does
1: the only song the police like though is that song bad guy. Thank you. Whoa
2: (laughs) You really nailed it there. And of course, there's many great officers, but this is a problem that is Systemic and this is a problem within the institution that must be changed And of course if you're a cop man you know, you go to these functions. Have you ever seen the uh, the hidden camera footage of uh, a police function where they're being sold all the weapons mm-hmm. and all the grenades? Yep. And it's just a Comic-Con for chaos. I mean, it's insane. And as we talked about two weeks ago, or was it uh, two episodes ago, the National Guard is now allowed, they've been deputized mm-hmm. so they're allowed <laughs> to kill your ass. So we're going down a road that we have to stop going down. And uh, Maine and Baltimore, I applaud the court in the case of Baltimore, and I applaud the legislator in the case of Maine, because they really were proactive, and we're going to have to be proactive about this. What kind of society do you want to live in? Do you want to live in a society where you're constantly monitored and everything you do is, is uh, scrutinized, or do you want to live in a society that perhaps might carry slightly more risk, but at least you're free? When you talk to law enforcement, the balance is safety, security, and surveillance. And how do you balance that? I always think, obviously, I think they're very hawkish. I think our police in general are very hawkish. So we want to balance security and make sure that you can go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and not you know, worry about being killed. Because if you can't, then that is also unconstitutional in many ways. <laughs> it's certainly illegal. So you want people to be free. But I just don't think these pilot programs and these drone programs, they ain't helping anybody and all they're doing is making citizens feel like they are criminals Uh, before of course they uh, very well may be charged criminally with something if you constantly monitored me good lord hello public urination
3: when i think when you talk to police in a public in a public setting they'll say that that they're there for protection and stuff but you just talked about something when they go with undercover cameras to those you know police conventions where they're being sold weapons when they talk about people in those situations they talk about them like enemies absolutely they talk about us like we're there you know we got targets we got
2: they're talking about they treat us like it's a military operation there was one t-shirt they were selling because you got to get your merch even cops love merch everyone loves merch don't they one t-shirt was so unbelievably offensive it said you raise them we cage them Oh my God. Uh, oh my God. He's not talking about chickens. He is talking about human beings. So that's how laughable uh, they find incarcerating people and taking away their freedom.
0: Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit
1: me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much.
2: You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore." It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down.
0: And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit
2: CARON.org slash lost. Slightly different story, but also in the world of automation. Stephen Normandon He's a 63-year-old Army veteran. Man, we just have to start treating our workers better. And uh, I know Fernando doesn't really care about this story, but I do, damn it. I
3: care about the story. I just, my viewpoint's different.
2: This dude, he worked at Amazon for four years. There was an algorithm that was tracking him the entire time. So every single time he goes to work, there's an algorithm tracking him. And as we learned from algorithms, they're made by a bunch of rich-ass white dudes, basically. (laughs) So they're biased. They are innately biased. Uh, So this dude, he's 63 years old. He's an army veteran. Uh, He had been fired by a machine, because the machine said that he was not working hard enough. So this is what he had to say. He says, I'm an old school kind of guy, and I give a job 110%. He says, this really upset me because we're talking about my reputation. They say I didn't do the job when I know damn well I did, and I trust him. So I don't think that he deserves to be treated like that. And I think that Amazon, who is uh, one of the wealthiest companies, wealthier than some countries, Uh, I don't know. Give somebody a phone call, would you? Jeff Bezos is set to become the world's first trillionaire. Oh, good for him. Oh, good good thing he's going to Mars. uh, (laughs) Oh, good grief. Yeah, he's going to steal Grimes from Musk and then he's going to go to Mars.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. Grimes, don't. Don't.
2: Not if Sir Richard Branson
1: gets there first, Ben. (laughs) Yeah. What a bizarre time to be alive with the billionaires in their space races.
2: Well, I just get so upset when I hear about stories like this. With the dude who really does tie there were I think it's perhaps a little bit less now. I feel like everyone has individually monetized their own existence. It is what it is. But this man, obviously, the 63-year-old army vet, he tied his self-worth to his career and to his uh, job. Unfortunately. And that's... it's unfortunate, but that is also how he felt. And that in some ways is a dying art. And it's really sad. That he would just get fired because some mathematical algorithm uh, decided that he wasn't doing a good enough job the company has used this algorithm to manage the millions of third-party merchants on its online marketplace it's drawn many complaints from sellers that have been booted off after being falsely accused of selling counterfeit goods and jacking up prices it just further emasculates not em- not emasculates dehumanizes, dehumanizes yes. in his case perhaps emasculates being that he's a man mm-hmm. But it just dehumanizes people, and and when we talk about the root causes of, of mass violent outbursts in this country, you know, you look at someone, and uh, you look at their background, and then you see these, you see a, a history of just being shat on. Not that there's any excuse to commit any kinds of uh, random acts of violence, but it just it, it just dehumanizes people, and it it creates a nation where no one feels like they have any self worth, and then we're surrounded by guns. I wonder what's going to happen.
3: What I was going to say is, unfortunately, this is the paradigm of maybe America or just capitalism as a whole. But as an employee, your job is your livelihood. Your job is your meaning. This is your worth. But to an employer, you are just a number. I mean, I I haven't been fired by a robot, but I might as well have been. I mean, I got a call from an HR that I've never talked to. It was a five minute conversation. They said, don't come back. And we'll send you your stuff. Well, you he, probably deserve to be well, fired. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an evil company and they were doing a HIPAA violation. So they didn't want me to report them. Oh, but, my uh, goodness. Oh.
1: Well, I have to say my corporate job firing was also similarly robotic. Um, and I actually would have preferred to have been uh, fired uh, by a robot or a robotic call because it was uh, from a boss who I knew specifically did not care for my my fun, wacky millennial hijinks at the uh, corporate (laughs) office. And he took a lot of pleasure in very robotically telling me that my position had been terminated and so on and so on. So, but I agree with you also, Fernando. I mean, this is such an American latter stages of capitalism headline, right? 63-year-old vet who shouldn't be working at all fired from Amazon by a robot.
3: I mean, what have we done? I would be shocked if maybe like this was a story for Hobby Lobby. But we're talking Amazon who is currently being accused of making their workers literally shit in bags and pee in bottles because to meet yeah. their, their delivery algorithm times. So yeah. And
1: then and then you gotta think that's why they, they keep getting more automated and, and hiring more robots because robots can't shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not the
2: cheap it's also ones. Up to, it's also up to us. Yeah, exactly. Not unless you get the sexy one. <laughs> it's also up to us as consumers to not bitch if our package is two hours late exactly you know because i'm looking over here so they have a thing called Flex drivers at amazon uh, basically people that get the packages out as quick as possible mm-hmm. and uh, four million drivers have downloaded that app obviously that app tracks every single thing that you do many people have been fired over this bizarre algorithm that they have but um it reminds me of the uh, documentary going postal Uh, When they made postal workers the extension Mm. of the machine and they were, you know, forced to send the mail out in just mind numbing amounts of speed with a 30 minute lunch break. Humans just are not supposed to sit like that and do that. So I, I just don't, um, I I just completely disagree with, with how employees are being treated in this uh, gig economy that we have. And uh, I think people just deserve to be treated a little bit better. Well, speaking of treating people better, Let's talk about something when it comes to marijuana. Weird, weird week for marijuana. Uh, Clarence Thomas, obviously, you know him, you love him. He's really talking these days. He <laughs> said a total of ten words since Scalia died. He's blabbing like nuts. Clarence Thomas has said that marijuana laws, federal marijuana laws, may no longer be necessary. Interestingly enough, we also have a situation where a uh, an American runner. Her name is Shikari Richardson. She was disqualified or faces disqualification from the Olympics after she tested positive for marijuana. This is the frustrating spot that we're in right now when it comes to weed, where, again, we have people incarcerated for weed. We have people making billions of dollars, at least millions and millions of dollars off of weed. And now we have an Olympic athlete who is uh, disqualified uh, or will be disqualified from the Olympics uh, because of pot. Meanwhile, we have a very conservative Supreme Court justice in Clarence Thomas saying that it's time that we no longer prosecute federal weed crimes. So it's uh, gotta be a bizarre time for anyone who's bore the brunt of the war on drugs as you see these people just sort of at a whim say, let's just get rid of it after uh, you know 50 years of the war on drugs.
1: Right, and I think you know, this is a turning point. Um, when I did my uh, master's thesis documentary on medical marijuana back wow. in 2012, um, yeah, that was it's like light years away in terms of the the legal marijuana business um, and, of course, uh, the legalities around it. But you know, everyone I interviewed. Um, Whether it's California or Colorado, that was always the biggest thing was there's a federal law that says the substance is illegal. And then these states kept slowly, especially since 2012, even more states, uh, over half the states, I think at this point, um, allow for medical or legal marijuana. And what that does is it's taking that federal law that Clarence Thomas is referencing and making it less and less Relevant and less and less accurate. So what has happened? This is a turning point on the states leading the way on this issue. And now the federal laws um, are no longer applicable. And I think that's what uh, our dear friend Clarence Thomas is saying.
2: So this is what Thomas had to say. He says a prohibition on interstate use or cultivation of marijuana may no longer be necessary or proper to support the federal government's piecemeal approach. He says that when it comes to marijuana regulation, he's quote, half in, half out but the people who are incarcerated are definitely fully in. He goes on to say, one comprehensive the federal government's current approach is half in, half out regime that simultaneously tolerates and forbids local use of marijuana. He says, this is a contradictory and unstable state of affairs. It strains basic principles of federalism and conceals traps for the unwary. So obviously a number of states. Have passed legal marijuana at the very least. Uh, 18 have now passed recreational use, and 36 have passed uh, medical marijuana. And of course, medical marijuana uh, is—it's easier to get than if it was illegal. That's for damn sure. Because I got deep vein thrombosis, I'll take a joint. Thank you. (laughs) But what do you think? The fact that this is coming from not Breyer, this isn't coming from Sotomayor. The fact that this is coming from Clarence Thomas, I think really gives it legs. And it means that the federal government could very possibly be within this session or perhaps the next session, just going to straight up say no federal ban on marijuana, which would be fantastic because right now, just in our little experience with selling our weed vape line, each state has different laws. We can obviously, that's why we're only selling in California right now. It's such a cold, Ooh. I'm going to use the word Quagmire once again, and there's so much red tape, <laughs> and that tape, it's called tape for a reason, it's because it's sticky, and it sticks to all your money. There's just a bunch of grubby hands going in there that work in whatever government uh, that they work in. There's a lot of people getting their hands very green, rich with cash, again, as other people's hands are... Uh, covered in blood as they rot away in prison for doing something that should have never been illegal in the first place. So I really hope federally, I think everyone agrees federally, just legalize it so we can, you know, regulate it. And of course the federal government will tax the hell out of it.
1: Right. Yeah. All you really need to do is reschedule it. um, And that, that can be done with an attorney general. It can be done with an executive order. It's actually, you know, not a big legislative nightmare that um that everyone makes it out to be but again it's these numbers that's what's turning the tide 36 states allow for medical marijuana now 18 with actual fully legal recreational use for adults these numbers are huge they weren't like the numbers even 10 years ago and i think that's what taps into you know a judicial mind like clarence thomas like okay maybe 20 years ago when all the states you know, didn't allow for marijuana to be used medically or, or recreationally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I guess federally those, that law still makes sense, but we're at a tipping point. We really are. It was like when gay marriage, you know, we hit 70, 80% of Americans supported gay marriage. And that's when the Supreme court came through on that historic case and legalized it nationwide. I think we're getting very close with marijuana as well.
2: Well, You know, for all of his, uh, for all of the sins of his past, Joe Biden did move the needle on gay marriage when he publicly said that he was in favor of gay marriage representing the administration because let's not forget in 2012 at that point barack obama and the majority of democrats were still opposed to gay marriage so times have changed relatively fast but also extremely slowly <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah to me i still i still see an issue of race and color in this in this topic a lot uh, absolutely you know, he's a he is a black supreme court justice right so
2: there's not many to choose from so so, (laughs) so that to
3: me okay uh to me automatically there's a bunch of people who just see a black supreme court justice talk pro-marijuana um
2: i I don't i'm I'm just yeah but his his political acumen is so it's pretty entrenched conservative so i don't know if it's necessarily racial on on his part i think once you put the robe on (laughs) it's kind of like when you become a member of the army but then you know, but but you know, uh, I'm gonna extrapolate here. So we see in the
3: news an Olympic athlete isn't going to be able to perform in the Olympics Absolutely. because of marijuana. But I mean, the Slacker family is poised to receive immunity for all the opioid
2: lawsuits. They just released an article on NPR today. Interesting. Let's go into the Slacker family. Obviously, Johnson and Johnson has said they're no longer going to sell opioids, uh, and thank God for that. They'll be in the weed game anytime now if they're not already.
3: So basically, uh, a federal judge, uh, Robert Drain of White Plains, New York. I love Robert Drain. (laughs) He moved the controversial deal forward despite objections from dozens of state attorneys, setting the stage for the final vote for the company's creditors to be expected this summer. So basically, this development, it brings members of the slacker family, some of who own Purdue Pharma and served in the company's board of directors, a step closer to winning immunity from future opioid lawsuits.
2: And of course, opioids kill 65,000 people per year, which is uh, absolutely devastating. So when it comes to Shikari Richardson, she has been suspended for a month, so she won't be able to run in the 100-meter race, and that's where I guess she really excels. Obviously, she excels at everything. She's an Olympic athlete, but under the rules, uh, she has a month-long suspension, and it may end in time for her to run in the four-by-hundred-meter relay team in Tokyo. Uh, if she is selected on the team. But again, talk about mixed messages and just talk about stupidity. Mm -hmm. It's just, why is this Olympic athlete, marijuana is not a performance enhancing drug when it comes to make you running faster. I know that for a (laughs) fact. If it was like extreme sitting, I'd be like, you get weed out of (laughs) here. But it would be like if, if someone who is like and you, have you ever seen walking at the Olympics? Have you ever seen it? <laughs> the they, power walking? The power walking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If like one of them did a bunch of meth or something, I'd be like, wow, that, <laughs> that seems like it actually makes your life more difficult. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same thing with marijuana. If you're a runner uh, running well stoned, unless maybe they do instead of like a little rabbit, they have a little bag of Lays. <laughs> you get the joke and then everyone <laughs> chases down the bag of chips. You can kind of get it. It's kind of fun. Um, So the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee uh, follows the uh, WADA rules. And uh, this is what the agency says. All natural and synthetic cannabinoids are prohibited hashish, marijuana, and cannabis products. So uh, I think it's time for them to advance as well. Of course, these folks in Tokyo, um, laws are very strict there. When it comes to weed. So just be careful because there's nothing worse than getting arrested overseas. I've seen the show locked up abroad.
1: I always appreciated George Carlin's take that uh, all athletes should be allowed to do all substances that they want. And then, you know, then the sports get really interesting.
2: Bro, the steroid era in baseball is my favorite era. And I don't care who era? knows
1: it. everyone was on So what's the difference? Never forget the Babe Ruth cigar era. Everyone was on cigars
2: at the time. He was hammered. (laughs) Babe Ruth was like, I hit the ball in the middle. Like he was so (laughs) drunk, he was seeing three. Uh, Anyway, according to a report in 2011, a bunch of lies here. This is WADA again reported in 2011. This was in a paper. They said, based on current animal and human studies, as well as on interviews with athletes and information from the field, cannabis can be performance enhancing for some athletes and sports disciplines. Again, I don't know which ones. It's a pain suppressant. I mean, that's the one, but. Maybe, I could see maybe like power mm. So you like, I don't know. I Anyway, I've never seen anyone perform anything better Well stoned. But uh, that is why, again, hopefully we can, in the very near future, just federally legalize marijuana. And obviously, I don't think that would really affect the Olympics, but maybe just send a message to the rest of the world. It's time to end the war on drugs. The international war on drugs has been a unbelievable, unbelievable failure. Drugs are winning. People are winning, hopefully. (laughs) Kids, drugs are bad.
0: Is America's primary system working?
2: All right. Well, speaking of bad, let's go to, I do kind of want to, I don't really want to get into the weeds on this, but there is a a few new updates coming when it comes to the Wuhan Institute Mm -hmm. of Virology. So uh, have you guys seen the pictures from inside this thing? (laughs) Yeah. So this, this whole lab, this is in China, obviously, this is where a lot of people believe the pandemic may have began. Dude, it's just freaking disgusting. The amount of uh, animal testing, their sewage and drainage systems, uh, they're all damaged and stuff. People weren't wearing the proper clothing. Um, the animal experimentation center at the Wuhan Institute contained 3,268 cages of live animals, including 12 ferret cages and 12 bat cages. It just looks like total human incompetence may have just started as Marcus Parks uh, was discussing with me may have just started this entire thing and uh, it's just really sad so look into that Uh, there's really it's one of those stories that's very difficult to talk about because I don't know I have no answer other than clean it up get a janitor in there and you're gonna want to clean that up it's it's (laughs) not just dirty I mean in one of the (sighs) pictures uh,
3: they have a scientist putting something into a freezer and I've worked in a lab and I've had a freezer before, so maybe I'm maybe I'm slightly qualified to talk about this. But yes. there's not supposed to be frost all around the rim of the freezer. <laughs> no, it's not. It, good. It's telling that maybe the freezer seal is broken, and maybe stuff you're putting in there is getting out into the air. You know, it's it it's not just uh, just being dirty. It sounds like it was infrastructure and just completely
2: bad. Absolutely. According to Billy Bostickson, he's an anonymous researcher from Drastic. It's an international team of scientists and sleuths, attempting to uh, to figure out what the hell the the origins are for this COVID thing uh, that we all just had to suffer through. Uh, he says, "quote The labs were crowded and chaotic, and uh, because of this, it does support the possibility." of a lab leak when it comes to COVID. He goes on to say either via an experimental animal or an infected researcher at the Wuhan University Laboratories. So all of this pain and all of this suffering caused by uh, incompetence and uh, seemingly laziness, if you look at just how filthy all of this is, Uh, It's really just horribly sad. Uh, During their investigation into the facility, they found its sewage and training systems were damaged and old, quote, uh, potentially contaminating local canals and creeks. Uh, A a tender from China Testing Network in 2019 said, quote, some of the equipment and facilities are old, and the instrumentation and control functions in the station have been damaged, which has greatly affected the normal operation. So I I don't know what is going to happen, and we're going to just follow this. But there it does there does need to be some ramifications um, And again in another world in another time this could have been Militarily handled uh, and uh, God knows how horrible that would have been right um, with The amount of people that would have been lost um, But anyway, so that's that so it looks like this uh, Wuhan lab is just uh, they just got to Clean it up and let's make sure this doesn't happen again and uh, hopefully we can truly get some definitive answers So the conspiracy theorists can shut the f up <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, not just human incompetence, but infrastructure, infrastructure problems, that that condo that collapsed in Miami. Oh, you man. know, we're, We are coming to a point, um, not just in our country, but all around the world, where it's time to reinvest in infrastructure. Absolutely. And just have those things like sewers to get all those diseases out <laughs> of this places that researches
2: diseases. I know. How are we going backwards on sewage? Uh, you just, <laughs> Black Death,
3: you literally are covering the Black Plague. Yes. What was it? Bad sewage, systems.
2: bad sewage systems. You know, that's why Catherine Garcia out there in New York is doing so well. She's in with sanitation and garbage is the most push comes to shove. If the garbage people take two days off, that city is under garbage and it (laughs) is already under garbage. Uh, We didn't even talk about that, but maybe we'll get into the New York mayoral race at some point. Eric Adams, the man that we uh, lost to dramatically when I ran for Brooklyn Borough president. But nonetheless, we won the moral battle uh, for whatever that's worth he uh uh, apparently there's 150,000 ballots that they cast that were cast that were not supposed to be counted uh, that went in favor of him that went in favor of him and so that's why he was like i won but then it looks like perhaps he did not but we'll talk about the new york stuff well it's a little too local so i kind of want to keep it a little bit more broad here on this program but we'll have somebody on maybe we'll have curtis leewa on so he can come and yell at people and make everyone uncomfortable <laughs> in the way that only the head of the guardian angels can do anyway Uh, Speaking about Miami, um, that condo collapse, it's absolutely devastating. Um, They can't currently uh, look for survivors because they're worried the entire building is gonna collapse. There's a sister building, one building down that they asked it to be evacuated, but I'm not sure if they have forced an evacuation, so I do think some people are still in there. But interestingly enough, there's a secret Israeli army unit, 9900, They've been dispatched to Florida and they built a 3D CGI image of the Miami condo. And uh, sadly, it's not a cool CGI video game. It's so they can see where uh, the bodies are most likely buried under the rubble. As again, as I said, researchers or um, rescue crews mm-hmm. are not able to uh, to go in and and find them right now because they're concerned the entire building might go down. And this just seems, speaking of human incompetence, you know, they knew about this, for many years. Evidently, the people on the board in the condo couldn't agree on spending money to fix mm-hmm. up said condo. You can't penny-pinch in heaven. Just spend the money. If you notice the walls are falling apart, good lord. I'm seeing a lot of uh, news reports
3: uh, talking about how this may be possibly related to rising sea levels. Because yes, of the, yes, of course. And you know, uh, as we just saw in Portland, Oregon, with the heat wave they're going through. They had streets buckle. Yeah, literally. that was crazy. How can you, it's that, it's, I, I, who, I don't understand how can you deny climate change and then deny infrastructure of funding? I, how, I, how can you be, how can you call yourself an American? How?
2: Well, you can call yourself an American. You can just be a wrong
3: American. <laughs> I mean, how can you justify? How can you justify saying you love America? It's misspoke. How can you justify saying you love America in these types of situations? I completely
2: agree. We need to invest in our infrastructure, and obviously, this is a uh, a private company that owns this. But they needed to uh, address these issues. One hundred and forty-seven people still missing, presumed. Uh, presumed dead at this point. Um, according to uh, the unit, uh, this is this Israeli army unit, they say, based on what the rescuers are finding, including artifacts and what we gather from the families, the unit created the 3D model and it's very accurate. So they're helping us out. And if you look at a picture of the the building collapsed, I mean, it looks like a, a bomb went off. I mean, it looks Ooh. like Oklahoma city or something. And it's just so sad. It's just so sad all around. So. um, Yeah. Yeah,
1: Infrastructure should be, you know, it's a bipartisan issue, right? I I don't see how. When
2: did it not become? That's that's, what I want to know. Because I just remember growing up and infrastructure was always bipartisan. And now we have bridges collapsing. We have apartments collapsing. The the country is just getting older. And this building was only 40 years old. But as uh, Fernando mentioned, uh, you know, Travis, with the salt water, with the high winds, Mm -hmm. with the rising sea level, I mean, I just... It's just people didn't, we're the wealthiest freaking country on earth. This is Miami. There is money in Miami. This isn't happening in Gary, Indiana. Not that it would be appropriate if it happened there, but there's a lot of money in Miami. You guys can't figure this out. I mean, you say we're the
3: richest country in the, in the world, but then you look at, look at a picture of Detroit over the weekend. You know, the, they the floods literally, literally it is, it looks like an apocalypse wasteland. Look at buildings falling apart in Miami. Look at the, Mm. you know, Look at the streets of Los Angeles with the infrastructure, you know, the human support we have out here. We have none.
1: I was just going to say, just check Twitter, CNN, breaking news. The Miami-Dade County mayor has ordered the rest of the collapsed condo building to be demolished. So the search is now yeah. officially off.
2: Oh, that's good. I'm surprised they didn't want to house the homeless there. <sighs> $10 a month for rent? This place is great. <laughs> you heard people talking about stories where one fella only survived because he spent the night at his girlfriend's house. <sighs> You know, it reminds you of like the nine eleven stories where like Seth McFarland overslept, which is how I'm going to survive. See, everyone thinks, oh, he's lazy. He just sleeps in. It's like, no, I'm trying to avoid acts of terrorism. Mm. And that's what I'm doing. So we have uh, some Israeli uh, crews helping. Also, we have some Mexican crews helping. There's a lot of people coming together. And I guess that's the only bright side in all of this is that people are coming together, um, but our hearts go out to the families and As we've mentioned, um, we need a federal infrastructure bill. It needs to pass because we just deserve, with all of the money that our federal government has, we deserve to have roads and bridges that do not collapse. And obviously, in this case, uh, this apartment complex. Well, maybe the billionaires shouldn't be spending their money on going to space right now. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe maybe
1: we have an even tax structure and they actually pay their fair
2: share i don't care you know there's a you know i have a a a libertarian bent in many ways i don't care if you want to call it the jeff bezos freaking highway yeah if you invest you know 500 billion bucks put your freaking name on i don't care i don't care if it's called a former president's name but whoever gets it done the mark cuban bridge i don't give a crap we just need to get this stuff done. If Jeff Bezos were to give the $300 billion
3: to fix climate change, I would be okay with just naming the planet Jeff Bezos. Who cares? Just call it Jeff Bezos. Who cares? He fixed climate change. We all...
2: Bezos does sound sound like a planet. <laughs> planet yeah, yeah. Bezos.
3: Planet Bezos. <laughs> That's fine. But he, he has it. He's about to be a trillionaire. How, uh, I mean, maybe he doesn't have it, but uh, you know, I'm speaking hyperbolically.
2: Yes, you are. Move yes, on, you Mars. you are, this, Fernando. Dude,
1: this planet <laughs> is Bezos now.
2: <laughs> man, just one of the sad stories here. Stacy Don Fang. Stacy Dawn Fang, she lived on the 10th floor of this building. Uh, when the building collapsed, um, her son Jonah Handler, uh, his hand was waved through the wreckage as a man out walking his dog <sighs> hurried to the site climbed through a pile of glass and rebar and promised to get them help right away. Rescuers helped the boy out from under the pile of cement and carried him away on a stretcher. Uh, members of her family in the statement said, there's no words to describe the tragic loss of our beloved Stacy. Many heartfelt words of encouragement and love have served as a much needed source of strength during this devastated time. So Stacy passed away, but her son, 10 years old Jonah, I mean, anyway, so the, the stories are just everywhere. As we see, um, you know, it's just so sad. These are just people, just people trying to live their lives, and uh, and what a horrible, horrible way to die. So, let's move on. Lastly let's go on and let's just make fun of somebody who's a total asshole, huh? Let's do that. Let's move on. Let's have a little bit of fun <laughs> at the expense of someone who's a complete and utter prick. Travis Irvine, you're not the asshole. You're not the prick, but you're bringing us a buffet of mediocre politicians. So who do you want to put on blast today?
1: Well, of course, Ben, we're only doing this because we know for a fact that uh, former and now indicted by the FBI House Speaker Larry Householder, Mm -hmm. uh, when we put his phone number on this show and told folks to text him to resign and repeal HB6, not only did they do it in droves, God bless you, Top Hat fans, but you irked Larry Householder enough to complain in his testimony that he (laughs) was really
2: bugged. You know, it's just someone that does not deserve to not be bugged because of what they have done to our freaking country. And look at Ohio. Ohio is being devastated right now.
1: Absolutely. And that is exactly why we are doing this segment again, because the Ohio Republican Party and their super majority in our state legislature continues to make the state even worse. And I will highlight a few things here, even in the just the last few weeks so we're talking about representative bill sites bill sites is the majority house whip the whip of course is a is a political term in both federal and state house uh, legislatures it's the guy who whips the votes which you think about this country's terribly racist history Mm -hmm. maybe use a different term but whatever Mm -hmm. that's how they do it wrangle the votes wrangler would be great sure um So Bill Seitz and Larry have been working together for a long time. Bill Seitz, Larry Householder, householder was in charge of the house during the whole hb6 scandal last few years bill seitz was number two but these guys have been working together for a long time in fact in 2004 i just found this out today they were the the biggest backers of the gay marriage ban in ohio in 2004 and that's where they started and they just kept their neat friendship going so much so
2: that uh, nothing like rising to political power on the backs of people's freedoms
1: Exactly. And we're seeing that even more so now, Ben, in the last few weeks, Bill Sites has introduced the most restrictive voting rights bill in Ohio history. Keep in mind, Ohio was uh, won by Trump by eight points. There's really no That's reason crazy. to be getting rid of uh, ballot drop boxes and things like that in rural counties or urban areas. But mm-hmm. Bill Sites is the sponsor. He's in charge of bringing this legislation to the floor. And of course, the supermajority is going uh, to likely pass it here in in the weeks and months ahead but it Jeez. got very heated and bill sites lost his mind at the black female democratic minority leader uh representative Amelia sykes so it's sykes versus sites Ooh, and sykes
2: you, versus sites cool it,
1: it's a real sykes, sykes out here and you Ooh. can see in this meeting it got very heated and very ugly very fast fernando uh, would you mind
0: playing that clip Mr. Secretary, for your testimony. got that smoker's throat. I, I, I want to go back, <laughs> and I've just asked my staff to bring me uh, a written testimony from my good friend uh, uh, Representative Trakas, who was formerly on the Cuyahoga County Board of Elections. The allegation was made by uh, one of my colleagues here that uh, the sponsors said <laughs> that some other year was the highest turnout year instead of 2020. And (laughs) among other lies, that's one, because that allegation was made by my colleague from Summit County, who said that. You can't interrupt me, madam. (laughs)
2: Jesus (laughs) Christ. You cannot interrupt me. The committee's gonna stand at ease. Dude, the guy is totally unfricking hinged. You can he's tell he's unhinged. He's unhinged. He absolutely just decides to scream at this person who is just doing what you do when you are in a committee. You, this is it's normal practice, it's not even yes. interrupting. So it looks like Bill Sites is uh, someone who needs to get the hell out of there. And Travis, I, I don't know what what information you want to share with our audience. What can we do? Because um, this guy, he's still there, right? He's still an elected official. He did not resign like Householder. So this guy, he's basically just as bad as Householder, and he's just another one of these corrupt crony politicians. Who and, and again, remind the audience what are like what was the bill that he is so you know steadfast on?
1: Well, sure. I mean, uh, with Householder specifically, I mean he's worse than Householder because you're right; he's still there bill sites was trying to whip the votes against householder getting expelled from the state legislature of course as we know larry householder got expelled 75 to 21. so bill sites failed to whip enough Republican votes. Only 20 Republicans voted, including Bill Sites, to keep Larry Householder on the floor. And mm-hmm. the, even that turned into a controversy a few days after he blew up and yelled at this woman in committee. He was seen at a restaurant, not just arguing, <laughs> but getting confrontational and physical with a Republican legislator who wanted to vote to expel larry householder so bill seitz is attacking the black women and the democratic (laughs) minorities attacking other white republicans at fancy restaurants in columbus the man is unhinged and we need to ruin his july vacation Ben, what do you think
2: i'm fine with it i'm just so done with these corrupt politicians man this man is
1: a chain-smoking John Boehner country club Republican wannabe. So it's time to ruin his July vacation before the House goes back into session in August. So, folks, the cell phone number for Representative Bill Sites <laughs> is 513-451-3921. That number, again, is 513-451-3921. 3921 you can call you can text and let bill sites know that he should not be attacking voter rights he should not be attacking black female legislators that he works with he should not be attacking other republican legislators that he works with he should be expelled himself he should resign ladies and gentlemen bill sites is worse than cincinnati chile Five, Whoa! one, three, four, five, one, three, nine, two, one, five, one, three, four, wow. five, one, three, nine, two, one. And you know what? Maybe have some fun with it because Larry Householder thought because everyone texted in the same thing that it was just uh, paid for Robotex. If you want to have fun with it, maybe if you have a really
2: Be crumb, safe, nothing, nothing, nothing dangerous, nothing, threatening, nothing threatening, dangerous. This nothing is just political. Just, you know, just keep it to policy.
1: Yes, and uh, that was exactly what I was going to say, Ben. Okay. I was going to say...
2: I know you has- get all ramped up, and then you get your don't tread on me flag out, and then all of a sudden, we <laughs> have got a machete wielding Travis Irvine.
1: I don't even know how to use a machete. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, folks, if you want to have fun with it, maybe pitch your own corrupt legislative bill idea to Bill Sites Absolutely. And see if he'll go for it. And you Absolutely. can do that by texting or calling him at 513 451 nine. Two one. Wish him a good time there at the country club.
2: Yeah, well, that's exactly where he's going to be. I, I do like when pranks have a purpose. Mm, when the ex president right. of the NRA spoke at the school that was <laughs> right. nothing but white seats representing the children who have died by gun violence in said schools, it's just some these people are so unbelievably up their own ass right. that they just have no concept of what uh, true, real Americans are thinking. Because, again, they hang out with each other at weird-ass country clubs and talk about, I don't know, how the Cosby Show holds up. (laughs) Okay. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're happy and safe out there. And, uh, yeah, we'll just be back with you very soon. And, Travis, one week from now, we're going to be in beautiful sunny Las Vegas. It'll be fun. Fernando, you have to come next time. Yes. Now I feel like you're excluded. I always am excluded. It's because I'm (gasps)
3: No!
1: Oh, no, We didn't make it. We didn't going, do it. We're going to the country club in Vegas. Come no.
2: Try. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our
3: shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to Grateful, but we can
3: show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved
2: one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.